Welcome to Other People's Lives, a podcast where each week we speak with an anonymous stranger that we found on the internet who we think is interesting. I'm your host, Joe Sanagato, along with my co-host, Greg Dybeck. And this week, we actually had someone reach out to us with what seems to be a uh, interesting and powerful story. Um, but they sent us an email, so we're going to get on the phone with them. But Greg, can you read the email that we received here? So the subject line of this email reads turned pedophile dad over to cops at age 13 wow okay so you can as you can imagine we see that and we go wow what so i mean this is this is heavy shit here so then he writes in the message hey when i heard the messages at the end of the last podcast to contact you if you had an interesting thing i immediately thought of me and this I know this is more of a story than a thing, but it's something I believe is an interesting, life-changing story and could make for an interesting podcast. I have no problem going into details or answering any questions you guys may have. I don't want to waste your time and go into details of the story here, but I can in follow-up messages and provide proof I'm not just bullshitting this whole thing. I always wanted an outlet to tell this story, but never saw an opportunity like this. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Okay. So, I have a ton of questions. A lot. Seems heavy. Um, but it's, at the very least, it's cool that he saw this as an outlet to share this. Story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This, this is, and this could be very helpful to some people as well. So uh, let's give him a call. Hello. Hey, Mike. Yeah, what's up? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for... Uh, good, thanks good. For, you guys? We're doing good. Thanks for taking the call today. Yeah. Um, obviously, for everyone listening, we, we decided to go with Mike. Uh, that's not your real name, so don't go right. try to find a Mike. But uh, no, man, we, we appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for, you know, wanting to share the story with us. I'm here with Joe, obviously. Yeah. How you doing? Good, you? I'm good. Uh, so... I want to know the, the the story. I don't really have a question to even lead with because it's kind of like I don't have any of the information. So I just kind of wanted to know, like, obviously you said that uh, you turned your father in, uh, who was a, a pedophile. Um, so how did how did you find that out? All right. Um, you want me to start with the story or just like a family history? Uh, you whatever you like, whatever makes the most sense. Um, well, I'll start off with my parents divorced. When I was about, I would say, four years old, so mm -hmm. I was seeing him occasionally, but um, not too regularly as like it should be. And um, he always had this thing for when he did see me, he wanted to, like, he would always put it on Facebook and shit and like show off, like, oh, I'm being a father today. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for Christmas, it was this trip, and I'm in like the New York area, and it was this trip. He wanted to go Midwest to like see all the baseball teams and shit, and. Yeah, and um, so he was a teacher at a middle school. He taught eighth grade math, and he was a former head coach of girls softball, and now he did, like, you know, kids go for private lessons and stuff. Right, right. So that was, like, his company that we, he would run. He would run and do that in bulk. So on the last day of his eighth grade, his eighth, he did eighth grade math, on the last day I went, and, like, I had met one of the girls in his class, and, like, I guess something awkward stuck out to me like it just something didn't seem right about it and i had remembered her name and she actually gave me her number so i had her number but she never texted me until the 
day before or like two days before we left for this trip to across the Midwest. So then he uh, he was like texting and driving the whole way and like he had this girl's number saved on like a different name, but it was still like similar to me and he had an Android and for some reason with this droid, like the contact would pop up and the number would pop up. Right. So I was reading all these messages. It wasn't with my stepmom. It was really like twisted, like ridiculously perverted stuff that was being like texted. And I looked through, something told me to look through my phone. So we were on a golf course somewhere near Detroit. And I checked like the contacts and like compared them. And I realized then like what had happened. And this was on day one of like an eight day trip. So he was texting this girl who gave you her number? Yes, but she, she didn't text me until like literally two days before, which I think is also kind of what tipped me off. Now, keep in mind, this time I'm 13 years old. This is the summer going into my eighth grade year. So she's the same age as you? Yeah, she was about the, the same age as me at the time. Right. We were in the same class. Oh, okay. It was uh, far away was where he taught and where I lived. So like the area, like I didn't know anyone from there. She didn't know anyone from here. It was like 30 minutes, 45 minutes away. Right. Right. Well, yeah, what what were some of the uh, messages that he was sending? Um, a lot of them actually have been like suppressed, like subconsciously by me, because I think it was just such a traumatic thing. But it was all I can remember was it was like as explicit as you can see. It was as dark. Like you wouldn't, like, I as being a normal person wouldn't text anyone this. Now it was basically just like the most vulgar stuff you can imagine. And in it, like he yeah, did say like that it had happened before it was implied and like it was just gross like stuff like it was bad was there like an exchange of pictures between the two of them um i from what ha happened afterwards it's believed i think i found out the guest but i didn't see anything for my first hand wow All so right. so what yeah. so what happens next you find that out and then you just kind of you just approached him and was like what's up no, no, no. I was petrified at this point because at 13, I didn't even know what's up with him anymore. You know, I don't know how stable or unstable he is. So I hid it for until I got home to New Jersey. I buried it, and it was. We went from Chicago, went from Detroit to Chicago, down to Cleveland, back to Pittsburgh. So it was. I think it was eight days, and we, like stopping in hotels and shit. And I was just a mess the entire time, trying to like keep it cool. Yeah, and how, the how do you time, keep I, something like that in? Yeah. Wow. For eight I really days. I lost like 10 pounds. Oh. I didn't eat. Um, yeah, that, it, was, it was not, it was like the worst fucking trip ever. Like it was just nothing can compare it to how like, and then like having to go out and see people and talk to people and pretend like everything was okay. And, you know, he was asking why I wasn't eating and stuff like that. And I was just trying to like scarf it down. But I remember going to the bathroom in the golf course in Chicago, or Detroit, I mean, and just, like, literally, like, throwing the body. I did vomit and just crying my eyes out in that bathroom trying to, like, keep everything together. Jesus. So, uh, when you got back home, you went straight to the authorities? I went straight to, so I went straight to my mom, who had told me that this was something that, like, she had suspected from the divorce, but she never had any proof she did have like some one awkward letter and this is years ago so this is like other girls but like it wasn't enough like she did go to the authorities with it but just nothing was enough and then um i don't think the first night we did anything 
but then the second night she drove me down to the um the district where he taught the police department wow and then yeah just like that he was so so what happened there was like a trial and he was convicted yeah so um from there i did the next day i, I did like a preliminary like in like a statement to whatever cops that were there and I met with the detectives the next day, and it was like a two or three hour like statement I gave. And then they got the girl, and they like um, I don't know how to put it. They like took his her phone and like told her to meet her at a place, and it was like a setup, and they arrested him there. Oh, like in, in like a park to somewhere. catch a predator style, like yeah, yeah, like, like just like that. Wow. Yeah, just just like that. I wasn't there for that, obviously. I don't, I don't know what happened. But um, I knew, like I knew the day was happening, and like I guess my mom just wanted to take me out. And while it was happening, actually, this was the end of August, and my birthday was coming up in the beginning of September, and he was literally texting me about um like what to do for like my birthday and stuff, and like I knew what was happening for soon, so like, he literally like stopped answering me like during that. Wow. Texting message. Yeah. And then we got a call from the prosecutor's office about an hour or two later. Do you know if anything? like physical happened between him and this girl? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, his text message said that. She conf- she confessed to that. He confessed to that. He pled guilty to uh, a couple charges. Um, I think they had... I don't know how much evidence they were a- able to gather on his former, like, students and players, but I think there was enough to get, like, charges on two other incidents. And, um, yeah, he got a... He was four years in prison. Four years in prison? Yeah, with a plea deal. Wow. Was there, yeah. but I guess before you move on to more present day, I I feel like, I mean, one, it's just crazy that, well, sorry that you had to go through that, obviously. Uh, was there, when you were bringing this to the authorities, was there ever a fear that, like, there wouldn't be enough evidence or maybe, like, it would, fall through i i feel like that's something that i, I would be afraid of like stepping forth it, and then not, not nothing coming of it right right um it wasn't to me because from the text i saw there was just so much evidence and um when i told when i had given my uh statement the stuff like the prosecutor or detective whatever he was told me that like they had enough to hang him from a rope and then especially when they called or got the girl, whatever she confessed to. So there was, they had plenty of evidence. They had everything was there. They didn't do a good job hiding it. I think when they seized his computers, they did a good job of hiding it. Um, and when they got thanks to, for what I testimony, they were able to get a warrant for his cell phone records. So I think that everything was pretty easy to. It was open, pretty open and shut. So, how, uh, so you said this was you were thirteen at the time. Yeah, it was December going into my eighth grade year. So how how long ago is that? How old are you now? I'm an eighteen. I'm a senior high school. Oh, okay. So he's so he's out right now. Yeah, recently out, like within the last six months. And you haven't talked to him or made any kind of contact? No, there's been zero contact since the last text message before he got arrested. He he, he hasn't send... tried to contact you? No, he has. He um he wrote me letters in prison. I think they were part of like whatever mental um, like a rehabilitation reform, they were giving him. Right. Yeah, whatever they were giving him. 
And then when he got out, he had written a letter to, it was addressed to my mom, though. It was, he talked about how he had tried to follow, like, what me and my brother had been doing through sports and stuff. And if, obviously, he said, um, like, he would want to talk to us if we wanted to, obviously, we didn't. And then it was about child support details, stuff like that. Do you yeah, think which he's, obviously, do you think he's angry? Do I think he's angry? Um, I would have no idea how his reaction would be to that. I I would have honestly no idea. I mean, so once I feel like I don't, he doesn't. He he would have to be like a normal thinking human for me to be able to judge what he does. And someone who's just that evil and that despicable, you I, you can't adjust what goes through their mind. You know what I mean? Right. So do you do you no. do you feel like he it is more him being evil than it is him having some sort of mental illness or something like that? No, I don't believe that for a minute. I think he's truly an evil person. From what, everything I've dealt with, even before this came out, he's a pathological liar. He's egomaniac. He's he. There's nothing about everything about him screams evil. He's the type of person. I told you about his softball business. I wanted to stop like having him coach me in baseball, and he didn't go to my baseball games for four years until he got arrested. Five years until he got arrested. He never went to my baseball game. Just because like out of his spite. ego was hurt that much. Right. It was his ego that was being crushed. He said he would be embarrassed to show up. He's a complete egomaniac, evil person. How would you say this is, you know, affect affected you, you know, going forward? Because I mean, thirteen still pretty young at that age. I think this is a pretty traumatic thing, obviously, for anyone at any age. But do you think this is, you know, something you kind of carry with you for the rest of your life? Or have you made adjustments? Or, like, in the beginning, it was harder than it is now? Yeah, in the beginning, it was definitely way harder than you are now. At, at 13, 14, you couldn't adjust. There was a lot of built-up anger that you just didn't know where to take out and stuff. Uh, I think I've grown up for that. I think it's made, so it did was make me grow up faster. I yeah. figure out who I was faster. Um, there was definitely a lot of anger and a lot of misplaced rage taken out on people after this. And, you know, I went to like a little tough guy, like attitude face, but I'm not in that anymore. You know, I don't have any anger problems or anything lasting. I thought I was just that now. Well, that's good at least. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, just yeah. the courage to speak about this openly. I obviously thank you again. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of, yeah. it's, I think it, I've it, always wanted to, I've always wanted to find a place to, you know, like tell the stories. I think it's important. I know I'm not the only person who's had something similar like this happen, you know, with any crime, not just a, something like this. Right. Witness. Do you, have you ever spoken to that girl who gave you her number? After no, all I never this? talked to her again. No, she's, she's far away. Like I said, geographically, uh, never spoke to her. Never would want to either. It's just, I hope she's doing all right. You know, I hope she's doing better now, but I have no contact with her ever. How's your, how'd your mom take all this information and your siblings? My sibling, well, my one brother had an even worse relationship with him than I did. They would even rarely see each other at all. Um, so he was younger than me, so he took it very hard. But at the same time, I think he felt kind of, like, justified for not liking him. He didn't feel guilty for, like, 
is my father. I'm supposed to like him. Like he kind of felt like a little relief from there and relief from having to see him. Um, I have two half siblings that he has not related to my mother. I haven't seen, I haven't seen them. They're really little girls that only recently have, they just found me like through the internet and stuff. And I've answered them as little as possible because I don't want, I feel bad, but I do answer them because they're little girls. They don't understand anything that happened. They haven't brought it up when they talk to me, but I just don't want them to feel like I just like left them too. So I try to be respectful to them. Do you Um, speak about this openly, like to friends and people that you meet? Is it something that you're open about? Um, it doesn't really have to come up when the people I meet, if people were to want to talk to me about it, like, I have no problem. I had to change my, I changed my name, obviously, to my mom's last name, so not a lot of people associate me with it, so it's, he also lived, not, he lived across county lines, so it missed, like, my county newspaper and stuff like that, so it didn't really hit hard. Okay, I was going to ask that if it was something that was in the media yeah, or you got caught up in all of that. I, he, he does live close. Like, it hit the state newspapers. No one's talked to me about it. I'm sure someone somewhere saw it and recognized me, recognized my last name. But um, mm. my local county newspaper is the county away, so no one no one saw it from there. Is there a worry that he will try to physically contact you? Um, it's I, I have thought about it. I honestly don't know if he will or if he will try to. Um, in the letter he sent my mom, he mentioned talking about knowing my um, sports performances and stuff like that. So I think he is at least at one point actively looking. Um, a part of me wishes he just, he, I mean, all of me wishes he just doesn't look and doesn't try to contact me. Right. But I, I don't think it's ridiculous to say he would at some point. Yeah. And I mean, do you feel like there's anything that you would? want to say to him or need to say to him or not even no i think um i think the fact that i went and testified and did whatever i had to do shows to him what my opinion of him is and that he knows what i believe and that i don't that i think is complete evil and a terrible human being and i don't think he needs me to tell him that in person so i mean you mentioned uh that this probably has happened to other people or have similar similar situations. So, you know, if someone who is going through something like that is currently listening, what is some sort of advice that you can give those people, like, you know, as far as who to tell or, you know, how to deal with things afterwards? Well, I mean, I won't give any, like, legal advice or anything like that, but um, I would definitely recommend everyone to tell police or local authorities um, I never went to any counseling afterwards. It might have been a mistake. I don't know for that little angry period I told you about, but I can completely understand why everyone should go through something like this. But um, but definitely go and tell because I believe that I have no like proof to make the fact this claim up. But I believe that people knew earlier years ago, and no one did, and this allowed that this girl to be victimized here. So I think everyone should go and tell for any crime. Anyone can be a, re- a repeat offense, and more people can be offense, uh, impacted. So I think everyone should contact authorities. That's a great point. I think it's really easy for people to look the other way in situations like this. 
in his specific case too, he was forced to resign from my high school. Um, and I think that they knew. I think Ward had gone around the high school and they made him resign. I have no proof to back that up because I was a kid and I didn't gather anything, but I wholeheartedly believe that he had that that high school knew and buried. Wow. Well, yeah. I really and appreciate I, you uh, telling us this story. I think that it could definitely, you know, help somebody in in some some way. You know, like you said, there's people who have similar situations sometimes, and it's you're incredibly like strong too, especially at age 13, because I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, their dad is like their guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they have a good relationship with him. And, and you know, regardless, they, it would be hard for them to to turn someone in, you know, regardless of what they did. And for you to be like, these are my morals. This is what I'm sticking by. I'm This is wrong. And I'm going to tell someone. To not be in denial. Too. Right. At age 13, mm-hmm. no less, I think is right. in, is incredible. Thank wow. you so much for that. Um, I, I just thought it was, um, I also knew, like, the, what was the right thing to do. I knew if I, w- I knew if I didn't, I would have to sleep every night knowing it was still happening. I'd have to think every night knowing it was still happening. And I didn't do anything about that, and I that was that wasn't something I could live with. Yeah, and I, I'd, I'd say you saved a lot of people down the line by doing that. I hope, I hope so. All right, well, uh, we're gonna wrap up here, but just wanted to say thank you again and uh, good luck with everything. I hope everything. Uh, Turns out good for you. Yeah, you said you're about to graduate, so good luck with that. Sports, you mentioned. Yes. Hopefully, all that's yeah. going well. Yes, yeah, so, uh, thank you all. Thank you for having me and letting me tell the story and trying to help others. No problem, man. Thank you. All right, have a good day. You too. Bye. Wow. I, what are you saying right now? It's just there's stories that you hear that you try to imagine yourself in that position. And I, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like the way that he handled that is, was super mature. At Just 13. being at 13. Like I said, not being in, de- in denial because yeah, like how, my dad wouldn't do, do that. How do you start to comprehend that? Yeah. Your family, your father could, I mean, it is evil. Like he said, yeah, there's, re- Oh man, that's, that's wild. And you know what's, oh man, when we started this podcast, like who would have thought we would have done that? You know, like this is on a whole different level. Yeah. There's been some funny moments, some interesting moments, but I think this is one where hopefully we've created a platform where a story like that can reach others and right. help them. And yeah, you know, so they don't feel alone because in situations like this. At the end of the day, what we're doing here is we're, we're not trying to expose anyone or like try to you know make anyone look stupid or whatever this is strictly a platform i know that kind of is against everything else that i do i do comedy and stuff like that but this platform and specifically we just want to open we just want people to we want to know about other people's lives you know everyone has a story you know what i mean and this is this is what i'm saying like that's why we have this one guy in one of the previous episodes where uh you know he's a nudist or whatever and then we have stuff like this and then interesting stuff like the Flat Earthers last week. This is just, this is incredible. This kid 
is on a whole new level of and maturity. Young. Yeah, I, he's in high school. That shocked me when he said that. Yeah, I, I got chills when he said that. I was for like, some dude, because I just this just happened to you. Yeah. Which I mean, it's a situation you look at. I know he said he didn't go to counseling, and I'm nowhere near a professional on this, but. Yeah, he still has a lot of growing to do. You know, you yeah. assume maybe college next, and uh, I just really hope he stays strong. Yeah, about all I this. hope there's not something. I hope it didn't leave a lasting impression with him. Honestly, from from the answers he's giving, I don't think there is. I think that he just has a very balanced and centered way of looking at the world, sort of. And he just kind well, like of he knows said, how to it, figure shit out. It forced him to grow up. I mean, he is yeah. an adult in all senses <laughs> of the word. Uh, but wow. I mean, that that takes courage, just knowing how many strangers will hear a story like that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I hope it helped him to share that too. He said he hadn't really shared that story before. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, if you have... A story also, um, you know, any story. It doesn't specifically have to be something just like this. It could be, you know, a, a funny story or just anything interesting. It could be anything. Uh, if, if you want to let us know about it, just go to OPLshow.com and hit the contact forum and let us know. We've gotten some really cool responses and we have a lot of cool episodes coming up in the future. Um you know, if we start to get a crazy amount, and who knows, maybe this could turn into two times a week. Who right, knows? We'll, right. we'll just stockpile episodes. I, I so, feel like a community building around this, which is yeah, so cool. People yeah. are asking so many questions. And they're interested. They're, and I was worried about people making fun of the people that we're, we're talking to, but that hasn't been the case, no, which is perfect. Not at all. Yeah, because that's that's not what I wanted it to be at all. I wanted it to be genu- people who are genuinely interested in, you know, other people's lives right i mean there's some disagreement i with hate the putting earthers, the title but... of things in the sense that i'm saying like i just <laughs> <laughs> like when they do that in movies oh god but no you guys are awesome all yeah. of you uh, really awesome engagement awesome questions yeah so just keep sending sending us stuff um go follow us on twitter at opl show or you can um follow me specifically on twitter at joe santagato and greg where can they follow you at greg dybeck and that is all that, guys thanks for listening